And I want to talk to you about, about God's healing power. And as we talk about God's healing power, there is something that is very important for you to understand. Everybody who has ever been healed has one thing in common. If you've ever been healed in this place before, you have something in common with someone in Africa, in Indonesia, in China, in Budapest, in, in, in England, in, in Hungary. You have, you have, no matter where you are around the world, if you've ever been healed, you have this one thing in common. That leads me to point number one. The thing that you have in common is a problem. I know you thought it was going to be something a little deeper than that. Amen. <laughs> a problem. And everybody who's ever been healed has that one thing in common. They all had a problem. Anybody in this place today have a problem? Anybody here got a problem? All right. There's some of you here that got a problem. Anybody say you are your problem? Amen. Anybody? Huh? Anybody say you sit next to your problem? Maybe don't, 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 don't. <laughs> problems, problems. We all have got problems. And I want to encourage you today, if you have a problem, you ought to be excited about it. You ought to be encouraged that you got a problem. You say, why should I be excited? Because if you have a problem, that means that you're a candidate for God's miracle working power. That means you're a candidate for a healing. You ought to just look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I got a problem. Amen. Because I am a candidate for God to show up big time in my life. Because the one common denominator from everybody who's ever been healed is they had a problem. Marriage problem, financial problem, relational problem, physical problem, emotional problem. And God shows up with his healing power. You may have never looked at it as a positive thing, but be positive today because you're a candidate for God to show up big time. That leads me to point number two. Today I'm looking at different P's. Don't always do this, but every point's going to be begin with the letter P. Number two is this plan. As we look at God's healing power plan, God's plan is to heal. I want you to understand that that's his, that's his plan. One of the reasons that Jesus came to earth, and not only came to earth, but also died on the cross of Calvary, is so that we could experience God's healing power. That's one of the reasons that he came. One of the reasons that he died and rose again is that we could be healed. Let me give you some, some scriptural examples of this and evidence of this. Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are, what's the next word? We are healed. That's one of the reasons Jesus came and he died. is so that we could be healed. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24 says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Jesus took wounds on his body on the cross of Calvary. Calvary, and one of the reasons is so that we could be healed. Jesus says these words in Luke chapter 4 and verse number 18. He tells the reason why he left heaven and came to earth. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me 
because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Jesus said, I came to earth to preach the good news to the poor. He says he has sent me. God, one of the reasons God, my father, sent me to earth. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted. Please understand something. Because Jesus came to earth, he died and rose again. Today, he heals people emotionally. Emotional healing is available to you. I believe this with all of my heart that today in our world, there, is, there are as many, if not more, people who are emotionally broken than are physically broken and hurt. We live in an emotionally hurt, broken world. And today, your heart may be broken in a million pieces. You may have been abused, talked about, ridiculed, abandoned. People that may have stabbed, may have stabbed you in your back. And I want you to know that Jesus said, I came, I came to heal the broken hearted. He can put your broken heart back together again. Notice what it goes on to say. Jesus says to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's, that's spiritual healing. He says, not only did I come for emotional healing, but I came for spiritual healing to, 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 to proclaim liberty to the captives. If you're held captive today, if you're in bondage to sin today, if you're a slave to sin today, I want you to know that Jesus came to set the captive free. And the scripture says this, whom the son sets free is free indeed. He wants to give you spiritual healing today. It goes on to say, Jesus says, and recovery of sight to the blind. That's physical healing. Jesus says, I came for emotional healing. I came for spiritual healing. He says, recovery of sight to the blind. That's physical healing. You may have cancer in your body, lupus in your body, diabetes in your body. You may have a simple common cold. You may have heart disease. No matter what it is, I want you to know that Jesus came that you could be physically healed. He goes on at the very end of this verse, and he once again describes spiritual healing to us, and he says, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. If you're being oppressed by the devil, oppressed by demons, oppressed by sin, I want you to know that Jesus came to set you free, to provide spiritual healing for you. Please understand this. There are some people who think that after Jesus ascended into heaven, that he no longer provides emotional and physical healing today. They think the miracles of Jesus and the healings of Jesus only took place while Jesus walked on the earth. And friends, that is not biblical, nor is it accurate. God is what God healed people after Jesus ascended into heaven and he's still healing people today. There is scriptural evidence that after Jesus ascended into heaven and sat at the right hand of the Father, that God was still healing people. I know people, you know people that have still experienced God's healing power. I can give example after example after example. Today, I just want to give you one. After Jesus rose again on the third day and ascended into heaven, God was still healing people. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 7 says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, now a man crippled from birth. How many of you realize that's serious? Crippled 
from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in the name of this Jesus who's already died on the cross of Calvary, who's already rose again on the third day, who's already ascended into heaven and now is seated, seated at the right hand of the Father. All that has already transpired. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankle bones became strong. I want you to know that God is a healer, and he's still healing today. Still healing today. Let me go a step further with this whole thing of God's plan to heal. Let me say this, that everybody's not healed. Everybody's not healed. Say, Herbert, why is that? Well, I could give you some scriptural teaching, biblical teaching today. But let me just sum it up like this. I don't understand everything. <laughs> I don't understand why a baby would have leukemia. I realize it's sin in our world, and I don't understand why a baby would, precious baby would die. Just this week, I heard news, and it broke my heart of a, a little boy who just had his leg amputated and cut off. I don't, I don't understand that. I'm not going to pretend like, like I do. I think the best way to, to sum it up is Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29 says this. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. There are some things that we just don't understand. And our human, the secret thing, I don't, it's a secret thing. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. And the Bible says, you know what? The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But notice what it goes on to say. But the things revealed belong to us. And friends, can I tell you, God has revealed in his word that he is a healer, that he does the impossible, that he does the miraculous. I don't understand why everybody is not healed. I think about John chapter 5 when Jesus showed up on the scene and, and the Bible says there was a great great crowd of people who were around this pool called the pool of Bethesda and, and they, they were sick, lame, halt and withered and Jesus showed up and, and the, the man who was laying there, he didn't initiate it, Jesus did. And he started talking to this man. He was crippled for 38 years and Jesus healed that one man and nobody else. I don't understand that. And the secret things belong to the Lord. But I do know this, the revealed things belong to us. And God has revealed to us that he is a healer, that he's still working miracles today. And it's our job to, 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 to say, God, I believe you for what you provide for us. I stand on your word. I trust you to heal. I trust you to show up in, our, in my life, in my situation. The scripture says, but the, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. And I want you to hear me today. God is a healer. And he's still in the healing business. And you ought to believe him to show up with healing in your life today. There's a, a third P that I want to point out to you today as we look at God's healing power. Number three is this, prerequisite. Prerequisite. We looked at problem. We looked at plan. I want to look at prerequisite. Ha having a problem, we, we've looked at this. Having a problem is the first major component 
to every miracle, to every healing. Now I want to look at the second major component to receiving a miracle. And the second component is this, faith. Everybody shout faith. For all you note takers, right next to prerequisite, just write the word faith. That's so important, faith. In the Bible, faith is, is definitely a prerequisite for healing. There's a common theme to almost every miracle in the New Testament. And that common theme is faith. Friends, can I tell you, over and over and over again, the Bible points out to us the importance of having faith to receive a healing from the Lord. I don't have time to, to cover every scripture in the Bible that talks about this because it, it, it's so many. And so this, this list I'm going to give you is not exhaustive. But what I want to point out to you is how important it is for us to have faith to receive a miracle from the Lord. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, and verse 22, Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. Notice that. And the woman was healed from that moment because of her faith. Matthew chapter 9, verse 29 and 30. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. Matthew chapter 15, verse 28. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Boy, that's a prayer for me today, for, the, for, the, for, you, for all of you in this place, that you'd have great faith, that you'd have great faith like this lady. He says, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. God's miraculous power was not released in the lives of people because of a lack of faith, the Scripture says. Mark chapter 10, verse 52. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Luke chapter 17, verse 19. Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Acts chapter 3 and verse 16. By faith in the name of Jesus. Let me pause there and insert this very quickly. By faith in the name of Jesus. We're not talking about having faith in faith. We're not talking about having faith in a pastor, faith in a preacher, faith in grandma and grandpa and faith in daddy. No, 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 no. This is about faith in Jesus. Jesus is the healer. God is a healer. He says, listen, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Acts chapter 14, verse number 9 and 10. He said, he listened to Paul and he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. As you can clearly see, having faith in God is very important to receiving a healing. And maybe you're sitting there now and say, Herbert, I get that. <laughs> I mean, you've laid it out very clearly that faith is very important to receiving a healing from the Lord. But Herbert, my question is this, what is faith? Maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, Herbert, how does faith work? How do I use my faith? What does faith look like on a daily basis? basis. And let's unpack that together. 
Let, let's very quickly break down this whole thing called faith. The Bible gives us a definition of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. It says, now faith is being sure, or that word sure would be confident. Being sure, confident of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's what faith is. I want to quickly give you some bullet points about what faith looks like. How do we use our faith? Some quick bullet points. They won't pop up on the screen. You'll have to jot them down in your notes. But I want you to leave here practically knowing how to use your faith to receive a healing from the Lord. So let's quickly look at this. Number one is this. Faith is being sure of what you do not see. Get that faith is being sure of what you do not see. Have you ever heard this? Some people say this. Some people say, well, I just call it like I see it. Well, that might be true, but that's not faith. That sounds good. I'm a realist. I just call it like I see it. Well, you ain't going to ever get a miracle. Amen. Because that's not faith. Faith is being confident. It's being sure what you do not see. I'm sick in my body, but I'm confident God's going to heal me. My baby hadn't come home, still out in that world, doesn't know Jesus, but I'm confident God's going to say, I hadn't seen it, but I'm confident God's going to. My heart's broken in a million pieces, but, but I'm confident, I'm sure that God's going to heal my broken heart. I'm confident. I got faith. I'm, you see, faith is, 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 is believing. It's being sure. It's being confident of something that you don't even see. You know, can I tell you something about faith? Faith is so simple, but yet can be so confusing. It's, it's really simple. But we, we are so driven by our, our, our five senses, we're so driven by the natural things that we can see, that, that we have a tough time living by faith. Because faith is believing and expecting and hoping for something that you can't even see. There's a second thing that I want you to see about faith, the second bullet point. Faith is expecting. Faith is expecting. Notice the second half of that verse. It says, being certain of what you do not see. That's strong language, certain of what you do not see. I, I don't see it, but I'm certain it's going to happen. How do you know if you go outside and you hear it's going to rain and you're certain of it, even though you don't see it, you're going to roll your windows up in the car. You're going to get an umbrella if you got good sense. Amen. Because you're certain it's going to happen. And friends, can I tell you that, that when we're living by faith, there's an expectancy. There's an expectation because we're certain it's going to happen. Can I tell you, if you believe that God's going to really heal your marriage this next week, you're going to start acting different. Because you're certain it's going to happen. If you believe God's going to heal your body, you're going to talk different, walk different, act different because you're certain there's an expectation. You believe God's going to save your baby? Come on, you, there, there's an expectation. And you start waking up going, is my baby coming home yet? Because you expect, that's faith. That's real difficult for, for us. It's, it's really simple, but yet can be confusing because we live by our five senses all the time. I want to taste it, touch it, hear it, feel it, and then I'll believe it. No, that's not faith. That's not faith. There, there's a third thing that I want you to see about faith. The third bullet point is this. Faith is having a scriptural confession. A scriptural confession. In other words, I don't see it yet, but I believe it because I'm holding on to God's word, and God's word says it. And so I'm going to speak it. I'm going to hold on to God's promises. So maybe your heart's broken today, and you're hurting, and you're wounded. Well, you need to hold on to Psalms chapter 147 and verse number 3. And that scripture says this, Psalms 147, verse 3, put it in your notes. It says that he heals the brokenhearted. 
and he binds up their wounds. And I'm hurting today, but I'll hold on to God's word. Uh, my, God's the healer of the broken. He's healing my heart right now. And, and I, I'm, I'm holding on. I don't see it right now, but I'm holding on to his promises. And I, I'm claiming his promises. I'm quoting his promises that he heals the brokenhearted. My, my body, I got cancer in my body. I've got diabetes in my body. I'm sick in my body. And that, but that's a fact. But I'm going to hold on to, I'm going to have a scriptural confession. I'm going to say what God's word says. And God's word says, by his stripes, I am healed. That, that's faith. I'm holding on. I, I know it doesn't, I don't see it in the natural, but I'm holding on to what God's word says. I'm holding on to God's promises that, that for me and my whole house, we will be saved. I'm holding on to the promises in the word of God. You gotta get a, a scriptural confession. God's word says it, so I'm going to hold on to it and believe what God's word says. There's a, a fourth thing that I want you to see. Faith is being positive. I mean, you read that verse, there's no negativity there. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's a positive thing. You know, some people go around saying, well, I don't want to be one of them positive Christians. Well, what's the opposite of that? Be negative? I mean, I'd rather be positive than negative. I don't need your help helping me be negative. I can be negative all by myself. Come on, I want somebody that'll talk faith to me, that, that'll believe what God's word says. Come on, I want somebody that, that'll be positive about, believe for a positive outcome, because God is able, and he's all-powerful, and he has the strength to do what he said he would do. And faith is, you go around always negative, and blah, blah, blah. listen, that's not faith. It's not faith. Faith is, man, there's a, there's a positive aspect to faith. Number five is this. There's a fifth bullet point that I don't want you to miss. Faith is believing before receiving. Believing before receiving. Let me give you a scriptural example. Matthew chapter, excuse me, Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Believe before you receive. And it will be yours. Jesus says this whole faith thing, you want to operate by faith, you want to go and pray in faith, you believe before you even receive it. And friends, can I tell you that we do this all the time in our natural lives? I mean, we, we, you say, Herbert, that sounds real complicated to me. It's not that complicated. You do it every day. You believe before you receive every day. I think the best example that I can give you is with your paycheck. You believe before you receive. At your workplace, place they pay you after you work. And maybe they don't, but that's how we do it at People's Church. Amen. You work and then you get paid. Amen. We don't do the other way around. You don't get paid and work. No, it's by, you do it by faith. All of a sudden, you believe before you, you go to work. And you work eight, nine, ten hours a day because you, you believe you're going to get a paycheck. You ain't even seen it. Matter of fact, you got so much faith, you believe it so much, you start planning stuff. Oh, you ain't got no money yet? Oh, yeah, we're going on vacation. How? I'm going to get paid at the end of the month. Well, how you know? I got faith. I believe it. Girl, you want to go shopping on Friday? Well, you ain't got paid. I'm going to get paid on Friday. We go shopping. Well, you ain't got no money yet. But I, I know it's going to happen. You believe before you receive all the time. Huh? I believe I'm going to receive so I go out with my credit card. And I go buy all kind of stuff because I'm going to get paid in a couple of weeks and I'm going to pay that credit card off at the end of the month. For some of you, I'm going to pay the minimal payment at the end of the month when I, 
I want to include everybody. I'm an all-inclusive preacher. Amen. <laughs> I want to make sure the illustration works for all of you. Amen. Because you ain't going to pay yours off at the end of the bus. Amen. Because you believe before you receive. Do you know why you do that? You know why you do that? Because you believe your boss is good for it. You believe before you receive because you believe the company is good for it. The company said you're going to get paid once a week. The company said you're going to get paid every other week. The company said you're going to get paid once a month. And you believe it and you start acting like it, talking like it, like it planning for it because you believe, you believe before you receive. And can I tell you that your heavenly father is good for it. He's not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he'll do it. And we believe all the time with human beings. We ought to believe our heavenly father. He said he'll heal. He said he'll heal the broken heart. He said he'll heal your body. He said he'll save your babies. He, you ought to believe what he said. You ought to believe before you even see it. That, that's faith. That's faith. Lord, give us great faith. I close with number four. There's a fourth P that I want us to look at. Number four is power. Power. Now, we've been studying faith. And there's no doubt that faith is a vital component to healing. But what I want you to grasp is this, is God's power and God's power alone brings healing to our lives. Not man, not me, not you. It's God's power that heals our lives. And I want to give you several scriptural ways God's healing power is released in our lives. Several scriptural ways God's healing power is released in our lives. Let me cover that with you. So just grab a, a pen. It won't pop up on the screen, but I want you just to jot these down. These are some ways that God's healing power is released into our life. Number one is this. God can heal you by sending his word. By sending his word. Let me give you an example. Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 8. The centurion replied, Lord I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. You don't even have to come to the house, Lord. Just say it and he will be healed. Jump down a few verses later. Verse 13, Matthew 8. It says, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, I, it will be done just as you believed it. He believed before he received. Just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. And Jesus never went to the house because he can send his word. You may be believing for somebody that's not even here right now to be healed. And we can pray and God can send his word. He can send his power. The person doesn't even have to be present because God can send his word and bring healing to our lives. There's a second way that God's power can be released into our lives. Number two is this. God can heal you through a process. All healings don't happen immediately. Sometimes God works through a process. It takes some time. Let me give you an example of this. Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 25. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. The Bible says that Jesus saw this blind man. He took him outside the city. And Jesus said that he, he spit on him and laid, he laid his hands on him. 
And we're going to, at the end of this experience, our prayer team is going to be down here. And you come down here, you need a healing, I'm going to spit on you. (laughs) Who's first? (laughs) Let me tell you. Now, I'm not going to do that. Hey, man, I just want you to know that now. We're not going to do that around here. But I'm going to tell you, if Jesus spit on me, I better see good. Amen. You spit on me, I better see 20. 20. Amen. You starting a spitting ministry on me, I better see, Bubba. I'm going to tell you what. Huh? And Jesus put a loogie on old boy. <laughs> laid his hands on him. And old boy still wasn't seeing right. Come I see people like look like trees. And you done spit all on me. Amen. That doesn't have anything to do with my sermon, ain't bad, but it is funny to think about. <laughs> you done spit on me and I still can't see right, Lord. But, but what I want you to notice, it was a process. Jesus spit on him, laid his hands on him, he still wasn't seeing right. Because sometimes God shows up with his healing power. And it's a process. Maybe a week. Maybe a month. Maybe a year. Maybe two. I'm not trying to put a time limit on God. But what I want you to see is God can show up with his healing power. And there are times it's not immediate. He's working in you through a process. And verse 25 says, once more, we're talking about Jesus. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes a second time. Then his eyes were open. His sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. It was a process. There's a third thing that I want you to see regarding how God can release his healing power in our lives. Number three, God can heal you through medicine. Through medicine. First Timothy chapter 5, verse number 23 says, Paul tells young Timothy, stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. Now, this is not an excuse for you, you to go get drunk tonight. Amen. Oh, pastor, I'm standing on the word. No, you're not. No, you're not. Oh, pastor, I'm just drinking stuff for medicinal purposes. I got a little reefer too, pastor, just for some medicinal. No, no. No, no. You put that thing down, amen. Quit smoking that thing. You a heathen is what you are, amen. I don't do no medicinal purposes. I just wanted to say that right up front because I know some of y'all, amen, you look for all kind of reasons to do some stuff. But I want you to see that God used medicine here. He said, Timothy, man, listen, he didn't say just say pray and hold on to the word. He says, man, use some medicine, man. Get you help this thing and help your stomach out. I want you to see that God uses medicine. God uses doctors to bring healing into our lives. There's a fourth thing that I want you to see. Number four is this. God can heal you through the prayers of other Christians. The prayers of other Christians. James chapter 5 and verse 14 and 16 says this. Is any one of you sick? He should call on the elders of the church to pray over him. Now, I'm glad that the Bible didn't say he should call the elder. You see, sometimes we get so focused on a man or a woman. And the Lord knew what he was doing when he wrote that. He didn't say, call up the pastor. Call one, only one person you can call. He said, no, nah, call the elders. Call you some leaders. Get you a spiritual leader and let them pray for you. Come on, it's not about a man. It's not about a woman. It's about God. 
and his power and work them through his vessels. It's God. He said he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. I don't want nobody praying over me in doubt. Pray over me in faith. Lord, well, Lord, if it be thy will, just he may die, Lord. Now, don't pray like that over me. Amen. If I, I might die. It ain't no. I might, but don't pray like that. Amen. Pray in faith. Mom, I don't taught you what faith is. It ain't got nothing to do with faith. <laughs> Lord, I know he might never see again. Lord, I don't pray like that. The prayer offered in faith. Come on, some of y'all don't want you ever praying for me, boy. I'm telling you, you got some weird prayers. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Verse 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. You ought to confess to one another so we can pray for one another. Man, I'm stressed out and I haven't been depending on the Lord and my body's out of whack. You know what? I've been eating wrong and I'm sick. You ought to confess it to one another. You know, I don't feel good. I'm not sure what it is. Pray for me. You know, I I just want to confess to you, I, I realize that my... My blood pressure, and I, I shouldn't be eating that with grease, but I've been doing it, and, and things are out of whack. Pray for me. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Why? Why? Notice this. So that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Boy, it's power when a man or woman of God agrees with you in prayer. There's power in prayer, and God releases his healing power through the prayers of other Christians. I want you to know something, church. God is a healer. And after this experience, our prayer team's going to be here. And we're going to believe God for miracles in this place. Father, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are a healer.